Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to an action-packed episode of This Week in Marvel, your official podcast for all things Marvel, from comics to movies to TV to toys to gear to Caroline Littick staring me in the face. <laughs> oh, I just gave your last name away. That's a big taboo. <laughs> I am Marvel.com editor Ben Morse, welcoming you to episode 85 of our big podcast. Ryan Panagos is in LA this week, so I am joined by a special co-host, and that is... Carrie Fialo, the social media coordinator here at Marvel. Carrie has not been on the show for quite a while, so... I wonder why. I think you demonstrated (laughs) why as we were prepping for the show, and we took about 20 minutes to prep because you had no idea what you were doing. But you will remember that Carrie and I uh, did the legendary... Superstorm Sandy. Yes. Stu- Superstorm Sandy. Superstorm Super Super Sandy uh, podcast yes. from my car when you're in the office. So you you have experience. You're a veteran. Uh, for those of you new to the podcast, we talk about everything that's going on in the world of Marvel. We go over the books on sale this week. We tell you what's coming out in digital. We will give you all the latest news on everything going on in our neck of the woods, and then we will answer your questions, which you can get to us using the hashtag This Week in Marvel, and then we will also have a quick update on the This Week in Marvel Unlimited Reading Club this week, which this is not a reading club week, so we're not going to be sharing your comments, but we will kind of give an update on where that's headed. But first, we're going to dive into the print comics on sale this week, beginning with Alpha. Big Time, number five, which is the final issue of this limited series, written by Joshua Hale Fialkov, drawn by Nuno Plotti. Uh, we really dug this as it was coming out in the beginning. Uh, it's progressed really nicely. Nuno Plotti's art is completely unlike anything you'll see anywhere else. Josh drives this issue to a nice conclusion, establishing Alpha, establishing a new status quo from him. He teams up with the superior Spider-Man once again to fits against Zeta, the villain he created, and... It's not necessarily a happy ending for everybody, but it is an ending that allows for a lot more possibilities, so hopefully we'll see many more alpha stories down the line. Jumping over to the X-Men side of things, we have Astonishing X-Men number 63, written by Marjorie Liu, with art by Gabriel Hernandez-Walta, and this was a very cool issue for me as a huge Iceman fan. It's totally Iceman-centric, basically. Iceman's having a lot of personal struggles, uh, he, in the previous issue, had in- weird encounters with all of his ex-girlfriends who had been given messages by him to meet them somewhere, but it wasn't really him. He's kind of depressed. He's dealing with a lot of his issues that have really plagued him, plagued Bobby Drake for the entirety of his existence as a character. Uh, some of his depression, his anxiety. We get more of an insight into that. Uh, through conversations and through him actually talking to a therapist. So it's a really nice character study for Iceman. But there's also big action stuff going on that the X-Men are going to have to deal with as far as Iceman's power and what happens when Iceman's power are untapped. A lot of cool guest spots, mystiques in the issue. Opal Tanaka, who's an old-school girlfriend of Iceman, back from when I was a kid, was in the issue. Only gripe with this issue that both Ryan and I had is on this great cover by Phil Noto, they have Iceman surrounded by all his former love interests, including obscure Defenders character Cloud. You see her right up there. She's the girl who just has a cloud around her naughty bits. And uh, she's like the most obscure character ever, and Ryan love her. Ryan and I both love her, and she was not in the issue. She's just on the cover. We 
went after editor Janine Schaefer, and she denied all involvement. So despite the letdown of No Cloud, I really, really dug this issue. Marjorie is doing some really cool off-the-beaten-path stuff, and of course I continue to love Gabriel Hernandez-Walta's Bill Sienkiewicz-influenced art. Very cool stuff. Avengers Assemble, number 16, continues the Enemy Within crossover between Avengers Assemble and Captain Marvel, written by Kelly Sue DeConnick, art by Matteo Bufagni. We've got Captain Marvel still trying to figure out who this mysterious enemy who is trying to mess with her and, by extension, the Avengers, sending a lot of her old foes in this issue, the Brood, after her. Uh, we know it is Yon-Rog, the original Captain Marvel villain from back in the 60s, who gets kind of a cool makeover here. And it has actually a very nice, nice comedy moment with the Kree. There's a lot of funny stuff in this book. But then there's also cool action, cool problem solving. Bufagni's art is very different. It's another look at the Avengers. So it's like a neat mystery unfolding with comedic aspects, with action aspects. It's really a lot of different books all crammed into one. And then in Avenging Spider-Man number 22, the final issue of Avenging Spider-Man, because next month it's going to be coming Superior Spider-Man team-up, Christopher Yost and David Lopez bring us a sort of team-up between the Superior Spider-Man and the Punisher, two guys who you would think would maybe get along, have similar attitudes, but Superior Spider-Man is kind of doesn't view Punisher as being the same as him, thinks he just indiscriminately kills, and Punisher doesn't think Spider-Man's ready to be as aggressive as he's become. They both end up going after someone who may or may not be Mysterio, last seen getting shipped off to the Ultimate Comics universe, and another mystery villain who gets involved as well. Great art, as always, by David Lopez. Great long-term storytelling by Chris Yost as he continues building on some plots he's been doing. And I I always like seeing these characters interact. They play off each other very well. So cool stuff there. Now we have Deadpool number 11, written by Brian Posen and Jerry Dugan, art by Mike Hawthorne. And we have Deadpool still trying to figure out how to get Agent Preston out of his head. Uh, Unfortunately, that might mean she ends up going to hell, like the necromancer Michael that he killed recently in an effort to outsmart uh, Vestas, the demon. Did that actually work? Is he actually outsmarting this demon? It remains to be seen. But he's Deadpool. He has a plan somewhere in that brain of his. Uh, More often than not, what I really loved about this comic was all the different appearances by some great characters that I love seeing Deadpool bounce off of. Daredevil shows up at one point, and I love it whenever Daredevil and Deadpool kind of cross paths. Uh, There's a great Jessica Jones and Luke Cage scene. I love Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, and this was really funny, really well done, really just... I thought it was great. And, uh, of course, you have Mephisto. He shows up, because you can't have demons without Mephisto. No, I'm agreeing with you. I I shook shook his head. I I shook my head, no, as if to indicate, yes, you're correct, Carrie. You cannot have demons without Mephisto. But why would you shake your head? Because I'm saying, no, you can't have demons without Mephisto. You can't have demons without Mephisto. Moral of the story. Anyway, uh, Deadpool number 11, a lot of fun. Still, Ben Franklin shows up to give his sage advice to Deadpool whether or not he's actually listening to one of our great founding fathers. He's Canadian. Maybe he doesn't have to listen to him. I don't know. Anyway, uh, definitely a lot of fun, a lot of action, a lot of great humor. Check it out. All right. Blasting off into space with Guardians of the Galaxy number three. Awesome Steve McNiven cover. It's an homage cover with Rocket Raccoon, assuming the classic Frank Miller Wolverine come and get some pose. 
On the inside, we've got the Guardians captured by the Spartaks, uh, Peter Quill, Star-Lord's native race that his dad is the king of. He's kind of... His dad's is not dad's not a nice character. He's manipulating a lot of different alien races, including his own, sending him after the Guardians. What we got here is a big old-fashioned jailbreak issue where the Guardians, who are under deep capture, have to figure out a way out of their predicament, and it's the most unlikely of members who proves able to pull it off. Really great moment, really fun, really great action. Steve McNiven and Sarah Pacelli draw the bejesus out of it. Brian Michael Bendis writes a nice, tight little script. Really getting to know this King Jason fellow and really disliking him the more and more I get to know him. It's some nice moments with the Galactic Council, and it's setting up very big things to come in Guardians of the Galaxy. And of course, we also have Marvel Universe Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, adapting the Marvel's uh, Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes animated series, in this case, the Axe of Vengeance episode by Michael Ryan, which gets adapted here by our buddy Joe Caramagna. Savage Wolverine number six, new era over in Savage Wolverine as Zeb Wells and Joe Majerera, super team, come on board to tell a new story of Wolverine teaming up with Elektra. Spider-Man always put, also puts in a guest appearance and some very interesting stuff here going on with the Kingpin, with the Hand, and some other characters related to none other than Daredevil as they kind of circle around events currently going on in Daredevil, dance around there, but really it's just a cool action story with Wolverine and Elektra fighting ninjas, and Joe Madrera's drawing it, so it's pretty awesome. Uh, the art's beautiful, writing's funny, Zeb Wells writes a great quippy Spider-Man, and the way he interacts with Wolverine's a good time. His kingpin is just this mountain of mayhem. Some nice appearances from other Avengers and other characters. Just a really fun book, a really beautiful book. The kind of book that really feels special. They did a really nice job on this. Over in Thor, God of Thunder, number nine. This is the big one. Long-awaited issue of not one, not two, but three. Three, Carrie. Three Thors against Gore, the God Butcher. It's awesome. They're in outer space. They're riding sharks. They got their big Viking ship. They're throwing hammers at him. Gore is just a... A badass. He's got his crazy black sword. They blow up his bombs at him. Uh, Asad Rabik is out of control. Look at these freaking beautiful pages and shadows and the colors are amazing by Yves Sforzina. Jason Aaron just has the best possible lines. Listening to these stores just jab at each other verbally is fantastic. The, the uh, narrative where they're talking about this epic battle going on uh, uh, I love everything about this. There's literally the young Thor is riding a space shark towards Gorge, just going, Ha! Faster, you stupid shark! <laughs> the older Thors get eaten by this big space monster. They have to blast their way out of it. It is one of the best fights I've seen in ages. Again, look at these freaking yellows and colors as old Thor's unleashing his Odin force. And is it enough to take down Gore the God Butcher? You gotta read to find out. And the sound effects, these little like rumbles and doom, 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 the way they're drawn. This is, there's a line that says, then it rained hammers. Then it rained hammers and Thors and despair. <laughs> this comic is amazing. Wow. End scene. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you're up. Okay. <laughs> I was still thinking about how it's raining Thors. Okay. After, I can't follow that at all. That was amazing. But I will try. 
Next, we have Ultimate Comics X-Men number 27, written by Brian Wood. Art by Mahmoud Asrar. Art by Mahmoud Asrar. Start over. Is it Mahmoud Asrar? Mahmoud Asrar, but don't say it like it's a question. Mahmoud Asrar. Next, we have Ultimate Comics X-Men number 27, written by Brian Wood. Art by Mahmoud Asrar. And there's a lot going on in this issue, and a lot that will go on in the next conclusion. So I don't want to give too much away, obviously. But they're basically, it seems that the mutants finally can all come together to save mutant kind since Utopia is now the property of the United States government. Everything is kind of getting out of hand. It looks like war is on the horizon. Uh, Kitty has been, was shot at by one of General Ross's soldiers. So it seems like, who can we trust? There's even some other spies that we weren't expecting within the mutant community. So there's a lot of tension, a lot of suspense. There's some really great action sequences, especially between the apparent traitor, which I don't want to give away. But there, it really gives this, for something that's really about like politics and about uh, communication, trying to understand and work together, it has a lot of action, a lot of just tension that by the end, you're just like, oh my god, what's happening next? But we'll have to find out in the conclusion, which is the next issue. So definitely pick it up if you're excited to see what happens to our mutants. Next we have Uncanny X-Force, number six, written by Sam Humphreys, art by Adrian Alfona, and Dexter Soy. So, previously, as you know, Wolverine sent Psylocke, Storm, and Puck on a mission to investigate LA. They wanted to see what was going on. You're just reading the recap page? I was bringing up the thing to start. Oh my goodness gracious. Wow. Never mind. Anyway, I was going to give some recap, but no, never mind. No. It's fine if you want to give recap. Give your own recap. Don't directly read the recap well, page. Re- <laughs> anyway, there's a lot of... What I liked about this comic, let's just go into that. What I really loved was, again, I love all of these characters' interactions. These are characters that obviously have been around for a very, very long time, but they're the way Sam writes them is so fresh and it's so much fun and they're really just, it feels new every time you read them. Um, There's also my favorite thing, the demon bear. This giant, I guess grizzly bear, but he's just the giant bear, shows up midway through the comic. Uh, And there's nothing like seeing Wolverine pitted against a giant demon bear. That's amazing. Just on its own thing, you have to read that. Sam's writing is just it's so much fun, and if you really want to see how all these great characters from, who was it, Psylocke, Storm, Puck, Phantom X, Cluster, all of these guys, how they all come together to tell this one awesome, exciting, and really twisty and turny story, plus a giant bear, definitely pick up Uncanny X-Force. All right, over in Venom, number 36, written by Colin Bunn, art by Pepe Larraz. Got kind of a reshuffling of the deck issue for Venom. He spent the last few issues on the run from Toxin, fighting all these crazy government experiments. Now we get kind of a day in the life of Flash, Flash Thompson. It's important to reset every so often. He's in a new city, Philadelphia. He's got a new job as a gym teacher. Get to know a little bit more about his supporting cast here, and he also starts going after a new villain. So this is really a great jumping on point if you haven't been reading Venom. Uh, it really keys into the kind of you know redemption arc of Flash Thompson, who's a bully, who's a bad guy, who is trying to do better, and really a lot of the appeal of Venom shines through here and Pepe Larraz does a really nice job on art as well so a nice jumping on issue good for you guys to check out then over in Wolverine by Paul Cornell and Alan Davis 
we have the final chapter of hunting season in which Wolverine's been going after this crazy alien tech. He has got to maneuver his way around a bunch of people who have been possessed by said alien tech. He's got to use his powers in a new way, which I really liked. He has a friend basically tell him, hey, there's another way you can use your powers that you never thought of. So Paul Cornell being a really smart writer does that. And the resolution of all this business is definitely not a closed door type of thing. It's a uh, it's, very, it's, it's almost a little like X-Files-y. It's very creepy and uh, did we really end the threat here or did we cause something worse? It's, it's definitely using Wolverine in a new light and I dig what Paul Cornell's doing. Of course, I always love the artwork of Alan Davis, Mark Farmer, and Matt Hollingsworth. And last but not least, we have Wolverine and the X-Men number 31 written by Jason Aaron, art by Nick Bradshaw. I love this book. I thought it was one of the funniest, freshest books I've read in a while. Uh, basically, it follows Quentin Clare. He's going to investigate why Edie left to go to the Hellfire Club why, or Academy, why she left the Jean Grey School. But really, it's a way, this issue is a way to kind of look to see what the Hellfire Academy is all about, and it's amazing. I love Professor uh, Raven Darkholm. She is hilarious. She's constantly threatening the children, which I know really shouldn't be funny, but it actually is. Uh, but what I love the most was just learning about all the different classes that are available at the school, uh, many of which I'd want to take, like Hellet with Master Pandemonium. That sounds awesome. Public Relations for Psychopaths with Madame Mondo. Again, sign me up. I would be there right away. Uh, even the Danger Room with Mr. Wendigo. Hilarious. Awesome. Very great. Uh, the art is beautiful. It's bright. It's so much fun. A lot of action, even when they're just going to the classroom, because obviously these aren't normal classes. And even though there are some really gross moments with this character, Snot, and <laughs> Quentin Quire, but nonetheless, they have a beautiful friendship, or at least the starting of one. So if you want to check out what classes are available... Just a, or if you're just a Quentin Quire fan, or if you just want to read something that's awesomely funny, definitely pick out Wolverine and the X-Men. All right, and that is all the print comics on sale this week, so it's come time for us to pick our Twims of the Week. I'll give our guest host the honor of going first. What, what was your favorite book this week? Without a doubt, Wolverine and the X-Men, number 31. Very cool. Very good choice. I liked Wolverine and the X-Men a lot. Um, I thought... Savage Wolverine was a lot of fun. Astonishing X-Men, nice under-the-radar book there. But, as you can tell, my pick is Thor. God mm -hmm. of Thunder. Raining hammers and despair. And sharks. And sharks and Thors and everything. Caroline Liddick. Yes. What is your pick of the week? What do you want to read? Uh, you really sold Thor for me. Yeah, so. I did. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get that one. <laughs> I'm a master salesman. <laughs> All right, so... We have that. We are moving on to collections on sale this week. Print collections. We've got Astonishing X-Men Gifted. Captain America, Volume 1, Castaway and Dimension Z, Book 1, in hardcover. That is the new Captain America Marvel Now series, now out. Deadpool Illustrated out in trade paperback. Carrie, I know you love that book. I do. I'm excited. You get a new Essential Wolverine trade paperback. Marvel Noir, Daredevil, Cage, and Iron Man collected in trade paperback. Marvel Universe Wolverine, which is a nice kind of all-ages Wolverine uh, collection. And Wolverine First Cuts, obviously, we're building a lot of Wolverine stuff. Then over on the Marvel Comics app, Carrie, why don't you share what sure. is new this week, in addition to everything we already have. Every, okay. All the comics we already talked about are on sale, and then also on sale. Okay. So, also on sale, Avengers, numbers 167 to 168, 170 to 177, and number 181. Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, numbers 1 through 8. Marvel Team-Up, number 86. Marvel 2-in-1, numbers 61 to 63 and 69. Ms. Marvel, number 23, Thor Annual, number 6. 
And collections on sale this week on the app, we've got Captain America Volume 1, Castaway and Dimension Z, as we just mentioned, Deadpool Volume 9, Institutionalized, New Avengers by Brian Michael Bendis, Volume 2, Spider-Man, Sinister Six, Spider-Men, Thor, First Thunder, great book, Ultimate Comics X, Origins, and both books of X-Men, Fatal Attractions. But that is not the only way you can read Marvel Comics digitally. You can go over to Marvel Unlimited, and Caroline, why don't you tell us what is new this week on Marvel Unlimited and what is coming from the archives? Uh, We have Age of Apocalypse, number 10, Amazing Spider-Man, number 699.1, Avengers Arena, number 1, Avengers Assemble, number 10, Cable and X-Force, number 1, Dark Avengers, number 184, Fantastic Four, number 2, Punisher Warzone, number 2, Red She-Hulk, number 60, Scarlet Spider, number 12, Space Knights, number 3, X-Factor, number 248, and X-Men, number 39. And from the archives, we have Amazing Spider-Man, number 430, 437, and 439, Avengers, number 390 through 392 and 395, Captain America, number 402, and Thor's number 331 and 332. So a lot of comic goodness out there for you guys to enjoy this week. Now, last week, we had our initial installment of This Week in Marvel Unlimited Reading Club. We talked about Avengers Forever with Tom Brevoort. Next week, we are going to be talking about Annihilation. I've already gotten a lot of great comments in from you guys. I want to remind you, you still have another week. If you don't have the Marvel Unlimited app, get it or get Marvel Unlimited through your desktop. Do whatever you got to do. Go to Marvel Unlimited, and then one of the first tags you'll see is the This Week in Marvel Unlimited Reading Club. It's got all the issues of Annihilation available. Once you have thoughts, shoot them us on Twitter. Use the hashtag TWIMURC, or This Week in Marvel Unlimited Reading Club, and we will be getting back to those next week. Now, we've got some news and other stuff for you, but first we are going to kick things over to the West Coast, where Strami is awaiting, and Ryan might be there with him. So, either Mark or Mark and Ryan, I don't know, whoever's in L.A., just just say something. Hello there, this week in Marvelites. This is Marvel.com Associate Editor Mark Strom, sometimes called Strami, coming at you once again from beautiful slightly cloudy and hazy Los Angeles, which I enjoy because I'm originally from Minnesota, so it freaks me out a little bit when I go like two months without seeing a single cloud in the entire skyline, so I'm okay with a few cloudy days every now and then. It just makes me feel at home and at peace. But I am here with the latest in Marvel TV and games this week, starting with Marvel Avengers Alliance, which is now available in the Apple App Store for the iPhone, iPod Touch, and iPad. This is, of course, the mobile version of our hit Facebook game, which I'm sure everyone listening is well aware of, as Ryan and I and Ben and Blake and everyone else frequently sing its praises. It's incredibly fun. It's a turn-based game that is really, really easy to get into. So if you haven't tried it yet and you're looking for a new mobile game, go into the App Store, look up Marvel Avengers Alliance. It is a free download. The game itself is, of course, free to play and hop in it's just a quick tutorial and you get the hang of it very quickly it takes about i'd say 15 minutes for most people i've seen who have started up to sort of get the hang of it and get a feel for how it all works 
So check that out now in the Apple App Store. And on Marvel TV this week, we have a brand new episode of Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man premiering this Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. This episode throws the spotlight onto Iron Fist, and we get the origin story of Danny Rand and how he came to, well, get the Iron Fist and the powers of the Iron Fist. It also features a reimagined Scorpion, one of Spidey's classic villains in a whole new setting and a whole new light that I think is very cool. And I've learned it also features the voice of George Takei from the original Star Trek series, who plays Danny's mentor in Kunlun, which we travel to in this episode. And as maybe my favorite homage in the entire series to some classic kung fu movies that I think lots of our older older fans will enjoy quite a lot. So tune in this Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time inside Marvel Universe on Disney XD to check that out. And with that... I send you back to those fine, fine fellows in New York, and I will be back with you once more shortly. Thanks, whoever. I am really pleased to hear from you and uh, whoever else was with you. You guys are all doing great work out there on the Golden Coast. Is that what it's called? No, I I think so. All right, cool. Thanks, guys. The latest news for this week over on the comic section of Marvel.com. We got a lot of cool stuff. We talked about for the first time. We, we, we were teasing last week. We had something mighty coming up. We said, who is mighty? We revealed on Friday in a live blog with writer Al Ewing that he is going to be penning a new Mighty Avengers book beginning in September. Greg Land is drawing it. Very cool book. Very different cast. Got the likes of Luke Cage, Monica Rambeau, She-Hulk, Spider-Man, the Blue Marvel The new Power Man, White Tiger, Falcon, and a new Ronin. So it's a very eclectic lineup. It is a different approach to the Avengers. It's Luke Cage bringing the team together during Infinity while all the other Avengers are off planet saying, okay, someone's got to take care of the Earth. And then why they stick around together after that, you're going to have to wait and see. But the live chat was great. Seriously, go replay it because Al Ewing really sold this book. He is incredibly articulate and very funny and a very very cool guy carrie you were listening to the Mm -hmm. it was awesome yeah so he was very good uh we had some infinity first looks and chats we spoke to jonathan hickman and lena Liu about what's coming up in avengers and showed up some covers then also spoke to zeb wells incoming nova writer about nova taking on thanos during infinity and showed an ed mcginnis cover a little uh guest appearance over in uncanny avengers coming up with issue number 12 Oh my God, Caroline, are you okay? <laughs> yes. Are you all right? It's the cap of my pen. Okay. All right, we're cool. Uh, Uncanny Avengers number 12 is going to feature art by none other than the great Salvador La Roca. Spoke to Rick Remender about what that issue is about, what Salva brings to the book, and a lot of other cool Uncanny Avengers stuff. Just today, which is Tuesday for us, maybe days ago for you guys who are listening, uh, we showed one of the first covers for X-Men Battle of the Atom by Art Adams. That is going to be a really exciting crossover coming up. Spoke to Sam Humphreys, Carrie's favorite 
of Uncanny X-Force fame. Spoke to him about Avengers AI and Uncanny X-Force last week. And we've also got a lot of cool X-Men stuff coming in. We have uh, Jason Aaron speaking about the Hellfire Saga, which we also covered this week. And we continue to introduce members of Brian Wood's X-Men team. So a lot of news to catch up on. Plenty of stuff for you guys to do. And there's more news from out on the Silver Coast of California. Uh, We go back to Mark and whoever he has with him. Mark, take it away. Hello once again this week in Marvel Fans. Marvel.com Associate Editor Mark Strom returning to you once more for quite a bit of Marvel movie, TV, and games news. And of course, this week is E3 here in Los Angeles, which is the big conference for video games and all sorts of electronic arts. And Ryan Panagos and I got to wander the show floor the last couple days and see some really awesome stuff. And... Because of E3, we have been bringing you some very cool new Marvel Games content, or, well, rather previews is a better way of saying it, beginning with a brand new trailer for LEGO Marvel Super Heroes, a game that I am crazy stupid excited for. This new trailer shows off Wolverine, Thor, Spider-Man, Mr. Fantastic, Human Torch, Captain America, Loki, the Destroyer. This one has a ton of awesome stuff. You can see it right now on Marvel.com or our YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash Marvel. Of course, this comes after a host of new screenshots that we released last week, which I wanted to mention again. You can also check those out on Marvel.com bunch of new screenshots featuring Asgard from the game, which is featured heavily in our new trailer, as well as in the demo that was on the show floor at E3. Of course, I talked already about Marvel Avengers Alliance coming to mobile devices and the Apple App Store for iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch. But we've got even more Marvel Avengers Alliance news this week, including word of Season 2, which is coming up very soon in the game. We threw out a new teaser image that, well, has to sort of be seen to be fully believed, but it's an old homage to the classic Days of Future Past cover of Uncanny X-Men featuring... Lady Octopus and Armless Tiger Man, I believe is his name. I can't really say too much about what that teaser image means, but you'll be learning more shortly, and there will be a ton of new content and new modes and new additions to the game coming up again. Not much I can talk about right now, but... Keep your eyes on Marvel.com because we will have more word on Avengers Alliance Season 2 in the near future. Also upcoming very soon is the Deadpool video game, which comes to Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 on June 25th. We have a new installment of Deadpool Visits Marvel Headquarters featuring Deadpool sitting down with Editor-in-Chief Axel Alonso and 
well, Deadpool has a few suggestions for how he would like to see his comic series go, some paths he would like to see it follow, and they are, um, well, entertaining. They, uh, there are ideas that only Deadpool himself could come up with, but is highly enjoyable to watch. It's very, very funny, and of course you can check out our previous three installments of Deadpool Visits Marvel HQ. All of these are available on Marvel.com, as well as our YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash Marvel. Jumping over into the world of Marvel TV, we brought you a brand new TV spot for Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that you can check out right now on Marvel.com, as well as, again, our YouTube channel. We brought you another full episode of Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man. This time, it's Season 1, Episode 15, For Your Eye Only, which features Spidey and Nick Fury teaming up to save the Helicarrier, which is under attack from the forces of Zodiac. And, in case you missed the two new episodes of Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man this past Sunday, featuring guest appearances from Iron Man and Thor, they are both now available on iTunes, as well as the entire series to date, all of Season 1 and the first 12 episodes now of Season 2. And wrapping things up, we also brought you a look at Clark Gregg unboxing his very own Agent Coulson figure from Hot Toys. You can check out these photos, which are incredible, at Marvel.com right now. Clark is, he just looks so overjoyed to see his own Colson figure brought to meticulous life by the guys at Hot Toys. They really did a phenomenal job with this figure. And, of course, you can order your very own right now at Sideshow Collectibles. So, check all that out right now, marvel.com. And that pretty much wraps you up for me. So... Say hello to Ben and the guys in New York for me, and I will speak to you again in another week. All right. Thank you, Team Bronze Coast. Uh, We have a lot of great questions from you guys. As always, you can reach us using the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel on Twitter. We will answer all your questions. You can also hit us up directly. I'm at Ben J. Morse. Carrie's at Fangirling Daily because she's fangirling every day. All day. Uh, we've also got Blake Garris, Stromy, and of course, Agent M. But let's get into these questions. First one from One Patriot. Why are the Apocalypse Twins called such? They're kids of Pestilence and Archangel, not related to Apocalypse at all. On the surface, that would seem true, but they are part of the Apocalypse lineage. you got to remember when Archangel conceived them with Pestilence, he was basically the new Apocalypse. He was the heir to Apocalypse. Don't give me that face. Um... <laughs> So they are part of the Apocalypse line. It's basically, consider Apocalypse like Archangel's last name. He was Archangel Apocalypse, which is a great name for a kid if you're mm. planning to have one. Um, and so they are continuing that legacy, continuing Archangel's legacy and Apocalypse before them, who's kind of like a, a grandfather figure to them. Another one from Run Patriot. I'm reading back issues of New Avengers. Rick Magyar, Steve Epting, and Frank D'Armada are amazing inkers and colorists. True. Sure. Absolutely true. Then also shares with us, because we had a little trouble uh, saying who Terminus was last week in Avengers, shared the wiki page for Terminus. 
Very cool idea for a parasite that takes over the host. If you want to read up more on Terminus, uh, I don't know, Google them or something. Because I'm not going to read this entire wiki page <laughs> that is right here. And finally, from One Patriot, episode 84 was the longest podcast since episode 39, 11 months ago, but content was so good I wanted it to go longer. Yes, of course, last week we had both the reading club and the comments, so it ended up being like three hours long, which we will never do again. We are now going to be alternating comments and reading club moving forward. So just a reminder to you guys, if you're doing the reading club stuff, you will not hear your stuff right away. But also starting next week, comments will have two weeks worth of comments every other week. So if you don't hear your comment next week, don't freak out. Everything is everything is fine. At Brad the YM. I was heartbroken to find out that the Deadpool game is not coming to Wii. Do you know why this is? Uh, as a Wii owner, I am also devastated. Um, I, this would be a better question for Ryan, who's actually out of E3 right now, but I can hazard a guess, basically, it's that the Wii is kind of on its last legs, and Wii U is out, uh, so it may have gotten just kind of lost in the cracks between the conversions of that. That is not an official answer. I don't know. I don't, I'm not a representative. You just said I don't know. I'm not a representative of we. <laughs> no, Carrie, it's better to try. Ask for forgiveness, not permission. You know that That's better. not good advice. You know that better than any. Another one from Brad the YM. How does Hulk meeting past Thor in Hulk 7 and 8 affect the timeline, if at all? That's a good question. What do you think? I don't know. We'll have to see, I think. Yeah, so there is Carrie's patented I don't know. That she was just, I don't know. Just pimping a second ago. That is her go-to answer. Uh, <laughs> Yo no say. <laughs> that's Spanish for I don't know. Last one from Brad the YM. I too will miss Winter Soldier's book. We all will. Mm. Hope he is added to another team book, Cough Thunderbolts. Um, there are plans. Cough. Cough something. May not, might not necessarily be Thunderbolts, but keep your eyes open. Winter Soldier will be popping up sooner rather than later. We have one from Dreamy Robot Centurion Joe saying he's back. And then a very, very cool picture of Ultimate Reed Richards saying Reed was right underneath. Big fans of Ultimate Reed Richards here on the This Week in Marvel podcast. So that is awesome. Nice job, Centurion Joe. DJ Bochiccio, Dan Bochiccio, what three characters in Avengers Alliance do you think need new costumes? My choices, Daredevil, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist. Hmm. Carrie, are you still playing Avengers Alliance? Yes, I am, actually. I, I don't know. S- I just started playing it again, actually, like every day. So who would be your three picks for new costumes? What costumes do you want to see? Mm, maybe, yeah, I could see Luke Cage needing a new one. And I'd like to see something for the Hulk, actually. Really? Something really, yeah. What would you like to see? I don't know, some Hulk armor? You want to see his Marvel Now armor? Yeah. Me, yeah, we haven't had a lot of Marvel Now costumes, so Hulk would be Something like that. That would be a good one. Yeah. Well played, Fiala. All right, more from the DJ. I need to get the wheels spinning on an Infinity Gauntlet, War, and Crusade omnibus with Thanos Quest Marvel Bliss. So that would be 18 issues plus Thanos is another two issues. Yeah, that's doable. Uh, that would definitely be that would definitely be a cool collection. And we'll pass that on to our friends in uh, trades. Juggernaut is amazingly good in Avengers Alliance. Got lucky with the lockboxes. What next baddie will be next? Electra. We already know that the PvP that started this week, you can actually get Constrictor, everyone's favorite sometime villain, sometime hero. Uh, Constrictor with his crazy snake coil things that he shoots. Uh, he should be very cool. I'm actually looking forward to, to playing with him. Um, are you going after Constrictor, Carrie? I haven't started the PvP yet. Wow. I'm sorry. It's fine. 
you're probably doing work and stuff. So yeah, like <laughs> I guess that I guess that I guess <laughs> I'm not that just playing it all day at my desk. I guess that comes first. Uh, and finally, from Dan Bochichia, which Hyperion is the current Avenger? Is it old school or new school? Is actually neither. This is a well, I guess technically new school, but it, it's not the Hyperion from the classic Squadron Supreme. It's not the Hyperion from Supreme Power. This is another Hyperion. Uh, his origin was gone over early on in the Avengers series. I forget exactly what issue, but this is... He's from a very similar Earth to Squadron Supreme, but has a slightly different story. And we will learn more about him as the Avengers series goes on. At Then Hammer, Daniel Benjamin Shaw, been reading Avengers forever on Marvel Unlimited. However, when using Smart Panel, it cuts off some of the panels. Hashtag fix, please. All right, we will uh, we will let the tech team know about that, and we'll try to get on that as soon as possible. Daniel, thank you for the heads up. At Ed Gazarian, will Supreme Power make it into Marvel Unlimited anytime soon? Definitely my favorite version of Hyperion. Uh, I'm not sure the standards and practices, so to say, on Marvel Unlimited as far as max content, because what you have to remember is Supreme Power was a max book. So I don't know if we have max content on Marvel Unlimited. Um, but if we do have other max content, then that's certainly a good choice. Supreme Power is a great book. So you know what? I, I might ask about that. I got a meeting on Marvel Unlimited later today. Maybe I'll uh, nudge in on that. Good suggestion. From Almaraz, 1983, Daredevil, End of Days, Issue 8. What a great read. This whole series was a masterpiece, and Brian Michael Bendis is a true artist. Concur. I don't think we even showered. I think it was my Tome of the Week last week, and I still don't feel like we gave Daredevil, End of Days, enough love. Just an awesome series, like you said, from start to close. Really a job by everyone, by, by Bendis, but also by David Mack, by Klaus Janssen, by Bill Sienkiewicz. Just fantastic. And speaking of which... Gay comic guy says, wow, Brian Michael Bendis' Daredevil End of Days was a masterclass in comics, just stunning, hashtag Mapoon. And also shares that realizing that Hank Pym is the Rodney Dangerfield of hashtag comic books, I get no respect, hashtag <laughs> Age of Ultron, hashtag Avengers Forever. Yes, that is actually something I discussed with uh, Tom Brevoort in our Age of Ultron podcast this that week. Is Rodney Dangerfield? Not specifically, but basically just that whenever anyone has a problem, they're just like, yeah, probably Hank Pym's fault. Aww. He's just like the go-to superhero that you blame stuff on. But hopefully that'll change, maybe in the near future. We'll see. Our favorite, Gunhild Skjold. <laughs> I don't know, how's that pronounced, Carrie? Because I must do it. like Nordic, for God. Yeah, I know, but how's it pronounced? I'm going to say Skjold. Nice. So you're worse than I am. Yeah. Uh, and she's talking Avengers Alliance saying, oh my God, Wonder Man, I am excited. I've seen a lot of Wonder Man passion out there. So yeah, that's, I like that she wrote it in all caps. All caps, Wonder Man. Uh, yeah, yeah, someone at Avengers Alliance is obviously a huge West Coast Avengers fan because their entire lineup is now available. And there's like half the X-Men are playable. But every West Coast Avenger. It's ridiculous. All right, from James H. Harrison... Gentlemen, oh, we have actually it's a gentleman and ladies this week. Mm. Uh, will Marvel Heroes be available on Mac? If so, do y'all know when? I talked to Ryan about this recently. Um, there is no set date for this, so right now it's it's if you got a Mac, you're you're out of luck. The, not impossible, but there's nothing set for it because I have a Mac, so I asked him about it. Um, he said there's there's no plans right now. We'll see in the future. Kyle Martinick. Thanks to your high praise, I have finally read Executioner's Song. Left me wanting more 90s X-Men goodness. Any suggestions? Carrie, did you read X-Men in the 90s? 
I was a child you in the nineties. Child nineties. So I watched the cartoon. Karen, I wasn't alive. You weren't born. <laughs> so saw that coming. So leaves. Yeah, way to predict. Nice job. Born in the year two thousand, millennium baby. So that leaves it to me. All right, nineties goodness. Well, the mother of all X Men nineties stories, besides Executioner Song, which I love, is of course Age of Apocalypse. That was the big kind of blowout. Uh, if you haven't read that. Well worth reading. And also, we mentioned it earlier on the podcast, now out in digital form, uh, Fatal Attractions is a super underrated um, X-Men crossover, uh, focusing on Magneto and the Acolytes and all these characters who are kind of punchlines now, but were awesome in the 90s. The Acolytes and Exodus and you guys just getting blank stares from across the desk. Ryan, please hurry back. Um, Neil Corbett at Neil is the Deal. Red Avengers Arena number 10 last night, yelled a string of obscenities and threw the issue across yeah. the room. I'm a little cry Sad face. face. I can't believe it took him to number 10 to start. Did you read number 10? I did read number 10, but... So the, you know I know who, who... No, I know, but I'm I, saying when I read the first one, right. I like actually teared up and that stood up in, in horror at work, and I was just like, oh my god. Yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah, that was a tough day. Terrible. Yeah, that, Avengers Arena number 10 was a controversial one because that's a much beloved character. I mean, even Metal, who I liked a lot. Don't talk. Oh, no, who, don't. What? That will make me cry right now. Metal, who died tragically no. in number one. <laughs> Uh, you know, he was only around for a couple of years. This is a character. Who I love him. Right, well, he's Brooke, dead. Oh, yeah, he's dead. Oh, get over it. No, this is where you gotta man up. Never, even, even if you're a girl. Never. All right, at Shadow Spider 004, love playing Avengers Alliance. My current team is Shadow Cat and Omega Sentinel. It's oh. a unique team. Hmm. Finally, got my hands on Executioner Song. Really liked it. Everyone loved an Executioner Song this week. However. Civil War will still be my first and favorite. Well, it will always be your first. That is undeniable. It's because that does not... Well, yeah, it also doesn't change. I know, Even but... If you I, read I, new I was, stuff, I was your thinking first about the favorite the same. aspect, that it's, you know, it's a classic. Well, Never mind. Well said, Carrie. What is your favorite Marvel movie? Mine will always be The Amazing Spider-Man. Always? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, just we have a lot out, coming out. just came out last year. Wow. What is your, what is your favorite Marvel movie, Carrie Fiala? My favorite is... Well, until Marvel's Thor The Dark World comes mm-hmm. out, it's Marvel's Thor. Marvel's Thor. Yes. I love okay, it. Okay, you put Marvel's ahead of Because it. you're supposed to. The correct way, listeners, okay. now, as your social media coordinator I'm is, so you should always put Marvel's before the, for the movies. There you go. Caroline, what's your favorite? Marvel's Captain America. Wow, nice job. <laughs> Marvel's Captain America, the first Avenger. Oh, wow. Yeah, you didn't, you still didn't live up wow. to your Wow, incorrect. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> and it's tough, because for a long time, before we started doing the Cinematic Universe, I would have said uh, X-Men 2, no problem. Uh, yeah. X2, yeah, oh, yeah, I love X-Men, X-Men United was awesome. One. But I, too, love Marvel's Thor. I think that's uh, yeah. I think that one doesn't get enough love, because yeah. it came out kind of in between a bunch of other stuff. Um, awesome. And Marvel's The Avengers is great. Of course, but that goes without saying. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they're all great. But uh, yeah, and of course, Daredevil is the greatest movie of all time. It's true. All right. Our buddy Wolf Knight 26, Ryan Putney. Listening you guys describe the comics for the week just makes me wish I had limitless amount of money so I could buy them. Me too. I also wish you had limitless amounts of money so you could buy all the comics we make and pad my paycheck. I can't believe the Deadpool game is going to be coming out really soon. I can't wait to start playing it. Carrie, are you excited for the Deadpool I'm game? I'm so excited. Because you're a huge Deadpool fan and you're also a gaming nerd. Yes. And Caroline's an even bigger gaming nerd. Yeah. You guys are just such huge nerds. <laughs> I know. 
You say that like it's a bad thing. I, I know. I'm just pointing out the obvious. You I, guys are he, like really nerdy. You're yeah. a jock, I know, but I'm a jock who also appreciates like you know yeah. geek and culture. I'm super duper amazingly excited for the yeah, especially because Nolan North is the voice of Deadpool, and he is my voice actor god. I you ever him. met him? No. I have. Things would go badly I've if met, I met him. I've I think. Met, I met him several times. He actually recorded a voice greeting on uh, my then girlfriend, now wife's best friend's phone. That's not complicated. Yeah. We went to and a convention. I'm jealous either way. Yeah, so it was awesome. Just stop talking. Okay. So more from Wolf Knight 26. What are some of your favorite WWE and TNA superstar theme songs? Wow, Ryan, you picked the right week for this because I know that Carrie has been watching TNA Impact Wrestling. Do you know any of the theme songs yet? They have theme songs? Oh, Jesus. I have been watching wrestling, but I'm more confused about right. what's happening. She's trying to get into TNA. Um, my favorite WWE theme song of all time will always be John Michaels. It's the best one ever. Uh, Kurt Angle's classic WWE theme and his TNA theme is great. I love AJ Styles' TNA theme. And even though The Miz is not one of my favorite superstars, no problem with him, I love his music. It uh, gets people going. Caroline? Sure. <laughs> Wasn't Wrestling. answer no question. Yeah, yes. sure. <laughs> All right, from at Simon Sebs, already reading New and Young. I'm assuming that's Avengers because it'll be a great book, just New and Young. Yeah. I feel like that would sell a lot. To the youth. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm going to have to add Mighty Avengers to my list. So that, with the added context of his second sentence, his first uh, sentence makes sense. What's your favorite comic from Stan Lee and Jack Kirby? Do you guys know who that is? Yes, we know who that is. No, I was born in 2000. (laughs) (laughs) They weren't a lot. They weren't doing comics when I was born. I still know who they are. Appreciation for history. Uh, My favorite Stan Lee and Jack Kirby run is Fantastic Four. Their full run is awesome. Carrie, do you have other thoughts? Uh, Journey into Mystery. Journey the Mystery, that's a good one too. I was, yeah, that was actually my second choice because they're Thor. I, I think they're Thor and they're FF. Yeah, the best. best. S R B J eight six Simone <laughs> Jacoby just read Daredevil End of Days eight. Freaking awesome ending to a freaking awesome story. A lot of love for uh, Daredevil End of Days this week. That's fantastic. My new favorite listener, Red Sox zero four zero seven one three. Go Red Sox, Steve Maliza has a question for Ryan. We'll see if we can answer it. Anyone else mentioned a problem with This Week in Marvel podcast through iTunes being only a minute long? I'm going to try re-downloading. Sometimes that happens when it first gets uploaded, um, and that happens with a lot of podcasts because I've experienced that with a lot of podcasts I listen to off iTunes. So my advice is kind of leave it for a few hours and then give it another shot. Ref Gemlin, Robert Nolan. Question, exactly when was Captain America frozen, before or after the end of World War II? That is a great question. Do they mean... I genuinely don't know. Victory over Europe Day? V-E oh my Day? god, I'm glad we have you here. <laughs> um, I actually, I'm not sure. I'm not yeah. sure. I think, I think, I think we'd already won the war. Because I feel like, if not, when he woke up, the first thing he would say would be like, Did we win the war? And I've definitely 
Fred him waking up. And he doesn't even mention World he War Two in the in the in the Avengers yeah. number four. He just kind of so is base, like, "Hey guys." So base, no, he's not. He wakes up and freaks out because Bucky's not there. That's true. But he does not at any point during Avengers number four ask what is going on with World War Two. So <laughs> what based happened on, in the twenty years yes, that I've been so frozen. So based on that context, I'm gonna say that he got frozen post. Like literally, they won the war and he immediately yeah. got frozen. That makes sense. Right? Like a minute later? Yeah. All right. Okay. At Rebel Avenger 219, Mighty, I don't think we have enough Avenger titles yet. Can we please have Academy and West Coast back too? Hashtag steal my money. Not a problem. I know some students are in Murder World and White Tiger has joined the Mighty Avengers, but what about the rest of Avengers Academy? Well, Wrath the Relentless, if that is your real name. Uh, Coming up in Avengers Arena, there is a special issue written by Christos Gage of Avengers Academy fame. We're just going to follow what happened to the other Avengers Academy students. So you are in luck. More from Wrath. Am I the only person who would read an ongoing pet Avengers book, make it happen? I wager other people probably would. I would. Yeah. But we can't make it happen automatically. No. Who do you think we are? Demand. And we've got another one from him or her. I don't know what gender. Wrath. Yeah, Wrath the Relentless is. Guardian, Union Jack, Black Knight, Black Panther, Shuri, Big Hero 6, and Slipstream. Hashtag Avengers International, please. Wow, that is the first time I've heard Slipstream mentioned in quite some time. Mm. Uh, Slipstream was an Australian X-Men character who was a surfer, and his mutant power was that he could use his surfboard to teleport himself around. Like the Silver Surfer? No, the Silver Surfer like just goes really fast. He literally like like blips in and oh, out. Oh, like Nightcrawler. teleports. I yeah, but with a surfboard. Makes sense. <clears throat> so you have you to always... teleport into waves? Nope. Okay. But he has a surfboard. Always... <laughs> <laughs> he always has to carry a surfboard. I think at some point, I think he could like generate his surfboard. I don't know. He was a surfer themed Australian character <laughs> who could teleport. He was like tremendous. Uh, we'll see. War Machine, Mockingbird, Moon Knight, Darkhawk, and a few new characters. Hashtag West Coast Avengers. So at this point, Wrath Relentless is just building Avengers teams. <laughs> And then says, International and West Coast would show a more united Avengers world. Interesting idea. Uh, we could also just see some of the characters within Avengers branch out. We'll see. Coming up in the months to come. At Demox 21 tell Mark the word he was looking for mini cartoon characters is chibi, small bodies, bug round heads. Uh, you spelled Mark's name wrong. That's with a C. And for that, I will not tell him. Out of spite. A couple more from Ref Gemlin got lost somewhere in the mix with a lot of new interns working. Caroline's trying to train them. Obviously, failing. <laughs> obviously failing. <laughs> um, I knew the moment I tweeted about the point five this week in Marvel that Agent M would speak up about me missing him out. Devil. <laughs> yep, that was last week when you talked about me interviewing Christopher Daniels and left Ryan out and you hurt his feelings and now he hates you. Mm. Sorry, Robert, I still like you for now. And he is reading Drax as prep for this week in Marvel's book club and for own enjoyment. I see why it may not have hit off. Issue number one is an ace. Issue number two is. That's the uh, Drax book uh, that Mick Bryceweiser uh, drew. I believe Keith Giffen wrote it. I could be wrong on that. But yeah, that was a very cool book leading into Annihilation. So that is a nice little prep thing. And finally, from Dr. Underscore Spidey Scott McElroy. Just finished this week in Marvel 85. No, you didn't, because this is episode 85. Um, from here on, I'm telling every patient who comes in my office to stay in school and stay off the loot. That was from last week. Neither of you guys get it, because neither of you was here. I don't remember it. 
This was a fantastic episode of This Week in Marvel. We're going to wrap it up. Thank you to the interns who put this together. Thanks to Mark out on the West Coast. Maybe Ryan, who knows. Blake, because he came in and plugged in the tape recorder. Caroline, Carrie, you were both great. Thank you so much. And thanks to all of you for listening. This is Marvel, your universe.